0: Hoy, hoy, neo noiros! Welcome to Neo Noir November edition two six. Depends how you feel about this, but twenty twenty two, we're back again for another week. Welcome to it, everybody. Uh, hey Dan, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you, gentleman Joey? Here to say he's uh, waking up, but I think I'm gonna fool everybody. And nobody's gonna be the wiser on this one.
1: Yeah, and welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, well, you like to challenge yourself, you know.
1: That's true. Yeah, I feel like you're waking up.
0: Exactly. I feel
1: like I uh, just heard a scream and I went to check on it, right? Yeah. I mean, that'll wake up anybody, I think. I should hope so. Hopefully this one woke you up.
0: <laughs> well, this was my second viewing, so okay. I, I knew that I wanted to be awake for it. Uh, my viewing was a Canopy viewing, so shout out to Canopy.
1: Shout out, ooh, shout out to Canopy, yeah.
0: We do like Canopy, but Dan is holding his keynote copy i believe still available right not out of print from them no
1: not not out of print as far as i know i'm I believe it's still available and i will say this right now um before we even get started that here we go i love this movie um and watching it again made me love it even more so i'm just going to throw that out into the
0: i can't wait now that we know your your new rating system which debuted on the last neo-noir yes. episode. yes <laughs> we're gonna find out what you think of this one was probably like a four because you love 11 this out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Four out of 10. Great movie. All right. You ready for some taglines? I mean, we're talking the bedroom window, of course.
1: Yes. 1987.
0: That's, that's the window I'm waking up from and checking out. Yes. This was released January 16th, 1987 from old De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. Dino himself. Yeah. Dino, just the famous producer, probably biggest in the 80s, right?
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Maybe, I, I don't, I, maybe a little bit of 70s, I, but... Definitely. I
1: don't think he started it until like 83, 84. Is that true? Okay. Yes, that is true.
0: Well, there you go. Well, I'm not making you, that up. It sounds like a lie, but I'm going to choose to believe you.
1: Hey, that's my job. I'm the
0: I'm the fact checker here, right? That's right. Well, are you ready to fact check some taglines?
1: I'm your fact checking, cuz.
0: Yes. Second time that reference has been made on the podcast.
1: I'm glad you're keeping track.
0: I'm well. I'm just I'm surprised that you've held such restraint on making that reference. I try. Especially now that we live in a post-you-just-saw-pavement world. I was gonna say, that's probably has something to do with it. Yeah, but that was like a month ago, Dan, so get over it.
1: I'll never get over it.
0: Innocent of murder! Guilty of love. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A violent crime! A secret affair! A single witness! And nothing is what it appears to be through. Through? Though is probably what it should say. It says yeah. through on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that tired. Uh a romantic thriller in the tradition of the master of suspense. They don't tell you who that master is, though.
1: We all know. We all know who that is. Yeah,
0: I mean you see the movie. Come on down. The secret they share will drive them apart. Mm. Adultery, yeah. murder, deception. It does all happen. Yeah, actually, that's Why all that? it's all in there. Yeah. A violent crime. A secret affair a single witness i mean this is basically that second tagline but they get rid of the uh through in it so there you go
1: i was gonna say they just wrote it down a bunch of like keywords and then just tried different combinations with them i mean that's how we <laughs> all do
0: it giving away the secrets dan
1: yeah sorry uh how'd you come about this one because this is a dan pick so i came about this by accident so i i, I was i think i was looking around during one of the keyno sales and just kind of looking at some of the more uh I guess budget ones, the the ones that are on the cheaper side, and I think this one was like six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, and wow. and I I saw I had Steve Gutenberg, and growing up I was a big Steve Gutenberg fan. and you know, it was funny. Right before this, I had Simpsons on while I was sleeping, uh-huh. and and the Stonecutters
0: episode was on, which uh, they have a big musical number, and one of the lines is "Who makes Steve Gutenberg a star?" and I chuckled to myself because I was like, "Oh, we have a, a
1: Gutenberg episode coming up." There you go. It's it's the world telling the universe telling you that, that it's a Gutenberg world. Well, they were making fun of him in that song. But yeah, if you
0: were ever needed a reason to defend the man, I would say this is on your list. This is a nice little
1: Gutenberg entry. It's yeah, it's against it's against type for him. And that's what's cool about it. Because I mean, like at this point, I mean, 87, I mean, he's coming off the ju- the third Police County movie just happened. Cocoon just happened. And Short Circuit just happened. So what about Three Men and a Baby? That happened yet or? Maybe yeah, signed maybe, on for the deal. I think that was
0: eighty-nine.
1: That could be. I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's eighty naturally everyone's gonna Eighty seven, so this. same year. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, same year, which is interesting. But I mean, obviously he's known more for his comedic roles. He's not really known for these, like I mean, this is like almost erotic thriller. Just a little bit. It's like it like rubs up the edge against that, but doesn't necessarily go too far. I would say it's more in the in the Hitchcock. Yeah, because you don't really see anyone like actually category. getting like laid, but it's just you get nudity and you get implications yeah, you get, of well,
0: there being something. But yeah, it's not like there's you get, sensuality. You don't see and, Steve Gutenberg like railing someone or anything like that, but you see plenty true. of that hairy man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw that it was like a neo noir. Like they kind of mentioned that it was like kind of a Hitchcock thing, and just a little was, bit. Yeah, a little neo noir. And I was like, okay, this piqued my interest. And I just, I loved it from the first viewing. And and this is the second viewing as well for me. It could have been a while since I watched it. And yeah, I, I kind of liked it even more, to be honest. Like I had a really good time watching it again. You know, what's fascinating is that so many people are always like, you know, is Hitchcock
0: noir. And so many of these films, are they noir? And it, it's such an argument. And most of the time they're like, no. Mm-hmm. And yet all these neo-noirs are so influenced by him. I mean, you said De Palma, obviously, who is you know, works from the book, but like this is has so many references to Hitchcock and and on purpose as you look into it. But mm-hmm. it's um, it's just interesting that he's, he's such a staple of neo noir. And yet he kind of was doing something else for the most part. Yeah, it's it is interesting because he's just... particularly like the ones that always like like rear window and stuff, which like, right. Is that much of a noir? He, most people say no, but it's like Clearly, there's something there that we're referencing it constantly
1: without sounding like too like here we go grand or anything. But like, I feel like he almost transcends. And I'm not necessarily the hugest or, or the biggest Hitchcock fan. Like, I like him. I like a lot of his movies, and I respect him for sure. But it, it, it's kind of like he's in this weird spot where it's like there's no one really like him, and yeah. he blends a lot of different things together. So things are just Hitchcockian. You know, it's it's sure. not like there's that noir element but there's not anybody really like him i mean obviously this is highly influenced by him but it's just different to me like it's just like he has a different a whole thing about himself that's just different about his movies it's kind of Um, just a
0: blueprint you know something to be influenced by but no definitely i i hear what you're saying yeah i saw this in a criterion channel had like a neo-noir spotlight i think even i don't remember if it was this year or last year Mm -hmm. but I remember you had talked about this, but I didn't it didn't click for me until I was already in watching the movie. But it's great. And I it's Steve Gutenberg is in it and he is very much Steve Gutenberg in it. I mean, he's not like cracking jokes, but like, mm. you know, you just can't help it. It's not like he's got a lot of range. Himself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, for better or for worse. But it's what works in this movie is just that this like kind of ordinary schlubby guy just ends up in this crazy situation, you know, that.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like, just like this, they kind of, you know, play upon that he's like that 80s, like, just kind of middling yuppie kind of guy where he's like, he lives in a kind of sort of nice area in Baltimore. And he's got that nice apartment. He's got a nice, like, kind of almost cushy job, but you don't really know what it is. It's like very kind of like ambiguous about what he actually does. And they don't really go into it, but it's not important to the, like, what he actually does specifically is not necessarily important. His boss, you know, obviously is important to a lot for a lot of different reasons, but what he does Apparently, he's a young
0: game. construction company executive, according to this write out I have. So yes, okay.
1: That's what yeah, he, it is. but his boss it, is it, important in the city because of that. I think I think he's like one of the top, probably one of the top in that field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I mean he's, he's got an a lot important
0: guy. Yeah, I mean, you don't really need to know that it's a young construction company executive, but yeah, his boss the fact that he has this boss is important because uh you want to talk 80s yuppie tropes, he's nailing the boss's wife, Dan. Mm. Uh oh that's trouble. And uh, they just come back from a party hanging out. Things are good. Chests are out. But then all of a sudden, a scream happens that the boss's wife, whose name is Sylvia Wentworth, Isabel Hubbard, she hears a scream and heads to the window. And you see a woman being attacked by a man, a very distinctive man. He looks like
1: Tintin to me, Dan. Dude, it's so funny you said that because literally I was like, I was gonna say I was like, he is creepy Tintin. Creepy Tintin, 100%. That's that's what I call him and I'm glad they picked up on that too cuz yeah, he's he's very creepy and he looks like Tintin. Yes.
0: Chris Henderson and the guy who plays him Brad Greenquist. Like he looks so familiar and you look him up and he's like he's just some dude, you know, but like I don't know, yeah. I guess it's just the Tintinness about him.
1: He's really creepy in this movie. I think that's part of what sells it for me. Oh, I mean, he's
0: in many ways he's the most successful part what he does is Yeah. Because there's a lot of elements that could work against this film, but he plays it in such a way that is, yeah, just creepy. Just like a guy who murders and assaults women and all these things. But tin, Creepy Tintin tin notices Sylvia and he he runs off and uh, they're like, OK, cool, let's just leave that alone. We're not going to call the cops or anything like it'll work itself out. What could happen? <laughs> More murders. That's what Dan so they mm-hmm. see in the paper the next day that uh, a body's been thrown in the dumpster. What do they call this guy? The dumpster murders? Is that it or something? Yeah. Like that? The dumpster yeah. Murderer, yeah. Real and fancy. they
1: find that it's like a few blocks down from where they are. So they based on like what had happened, they think, oh, it might be the same guy because it was shortly thereafter and only a few blocks away
0: yeah and sylvia seems to be really worried about this at this time so they're like what are we gonna do about this thing it's probably the same guy but obviously we can't talk about this this will come out our affair that's not gonna be good so what are we gonna do and then gutenberg who plays terry lambert by the way he's like i'll call in i'll say i saw it like you you tell me everything you saw we'll get it taken care of this will be like two seconds they get a little bit of help and and that's that what could go wrong right Mm -hmm. So he does that. He gives a statement to some detectives. Uh, shout out to Carl Lumbly, who I know as the voice of Martian Manhunter on the Justice League cartoon. So it's good to see him pop up and stuff.
1: Is that the... Detective I... Quirk. Okay. Uh, the, uh, so the other detective is... Uh, detective officer... Jessup. Is Officer Kaharski from Wayne's World.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. I didn't even put that together.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he does a good job, too. I was going to say, yeah, it's quality there's some quality side characters in this and there's a good, really good cameo that we'll get to uh that's that was some, that honestly shocked me because i had no idea he was in the film when he comes up oh interesting um and i, I yeah i remember the first time i watched it i was like wow <laughs> it just like did, just like was not expecting him to be in this film i think i know who you're talking about yeah
0: so yeah, they're like, well, what, what are we gonna do about this? This guy saw something, like, why don't we do a lineup? Like this thing keeps coming up, they keep calling him in. And it sounds like at first the way they play it too, like he know he's gonna be in the lineup, you know? You're like, what? But no, he's just gotta look at it. And then he also sees that the person that was saved that night by Sylvia is there. She's a waitress. Mm-hmm. This is Elizabeth McGovern as Denise, mm-hmm. who does a great job in this
1: one. I really like her in this.
0: Yeah. She was unable to identify this guy because he was behind her. But, you know, th- this guy, Terry, he got a great look. So let's check it out. But he, of course, didn't see anything. And he's like, uh, I don't want to send some, like, innocent guy to jail. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know who it was. Unfortunately, I didn't get a good enough look. And they're like, oh, OK, that's weird. You said you did. But oh, well.
1: <laughs> well, he says that he's like, I- I'm not 100% sure, basically. He doesn't say it in his So, like, I think they kind of were like, OK, you know, it, it was that night. Like, you know at first he was giving it off yeah a
0: perfect description
1: though because she got
0: or uh sylvia got like a perfect look at chris and so like she really coaches him beforehand right and then all of a sudden he's like yeah oh i i'm just i can't be sure and so like yeah they were under the impression that this guy saw someone well enough to actually pick him out in a lineup and then he didn't and they're like okay that begins suspicion with the police but he really does suspect tintin you know like this guy's got something about him It seems like that's who it is based off the description, but he just couldn't be sure. So he's like, I'll follow him. You know, there's a good idea. Sure. He's got a truck. He's an easy guy to follow. He just follow the red light, you know, the red glow. And he's able to find out where this guy lives, where he works. And he takes Sylvia by to be like, is this the guy? Like, we can do our own lineup. Tell me. And then I can go back to the cops and be like, oh, hey, sure. But now she's like, oh, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And she's being coy. Terry, though, he's still pretty sure that this is the guy. So he follows him to a bar and he's doing a little undercover work. There's a woman dancing, having a good time with everybody. And he notices that this Tintin guy is like really getting the looks on her like he's ready to kill again. Mm -hmm. And then he gets uh, some drinks spilled on him by a friendly waitress, which causes a distraction. And then this guy's gone. And he's like, all right, well, I guess that's it. Heads back. And then he finds out, oh, no, no, no. He was able to slip out and a woman gets murdered. And it's the woman that was yeah. dancing at the bar, got thrown in a dumpster. You know, just throwing him away like garbage, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird guy. I mean, that can't be denied.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, all of a sudden now Terry's like, I think I got my guy. So he's like, yo, I think it was that Tintin guy. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. Before you said you didn't see anything, but he's like, oh, uh, No, no, no! I wanted to see him at night to make sure it was the same guy. So now I'm sure. So and it's like, (laughs) okay, okay, good enough. We because they think it's been him. Like they had him. Mm. They they suspected him earlier, but they're like, we need your statement to get this guy in, right? And they're able to use all this to get a warrant going and search this guy. But you know, he's he's a total pro. He's unable to be traced as far as uh, leaving behind evidence, and then. So, like, he's he's clear. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're like, well, we think we can move forward with something. The state's attorney thinks that they could prosecute for Denise's assault, Elizabeth McGovern. And they're like, and you could go on the stand, dude. Like, you got this. You're a total pro. Sylvia's not
1: too stoked because she's like, this thing is getting out of control. Like, this is supposed to be a secret affair. Right. I think that's what, I mean, that's what, that's what I like about it. I'm sure that's what a lot of people like about it is that it's like, it's that thing where it's that trope where it's like they're trying to do, quote unquote, do the right thing. And then they get like they keep getting caught in the lie. they get And like it just keeps they keep like digging themselves deeper and deeper, you know, not necessarily of their own volition, but just uh, the circumstances that are happening. You exactly. Know? Like they, they keep getting pulled into this
0: because this was supposed to be just like a two second phone call. Here's some information. I'm just going an to get em. source. Yeah. yeah, you got this. This is what you needed. Not but me. Instead- it-
1: being in court testifying
0: yeah and like weirdly like especially after this i mean he just like keeps burying himself in such a specific hole that just like yeah it's like you're saying they're trying to do the right thing but it just works against him every single time Mm -hmm. uh as does this trial so like he goes is this who you were talking about your surprise Yes, is it our Mr. Wallace Shawn as as the lawyer,
1: as a defense lawyer for Creepy Tintin?
0: You know, both of your movies have a Wallace Shawn surprise cameo. They do. Yeah, I,
1: that wasn't planned, but I'm okay with it.
0: Wasn't it though? Mm, maybe. <laughs> and he's he's a great he does a great job. It's as my a dinner, lawyer. my dinner
1: with Andre. That's a, that's the other one.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, in certain in little ways, yes. There's the connection, but it's not that. It's not that. That's it's, true. It it does have a connection. See, that's look true. at this. I think it is that we're going to find out. It's to keep
1: people in suspense. That's what it is.
0: I'm down to watch my dinner with Andre. I feel like I
1: re- recently watched it again, though. I like that movie a lot, but it puts me to sleep. <laughs> I, I have to be in the right. I have to be really awake to watch that movie. It's kind of like a
0: podcast movie. You just put it on in the background and listen yeah. to it, you know, because you that's don't necessarily good, need to way. watch
1: it. Yeah, there's not a lot of action. Unless it's on. your
0: first time, but make sure you, you've you taken a nap and you're, you're ready to go.
1: It just always makes me think of that one of my favorite jokes of all time is at the end of waiting for Goffman when he has the store and then he has uh, my dinner with Andre action figures. (laughs) (laughs) And he just talks about how you can just kind of make them say whatever you want them to say. I I think that's such a good joke, but anyway, I digress. (laughs) I won't talk about my dinner with Andre anymore. Not until next or two weeks from now. Yes. Not until two weeks from now. It's bound to come up. But yeah, so we're at the courtroom
0: and, you know, things go well at first. Like Terry gives like a perfect testimony and he's just like, here you go. We're all done. And then, you know, there's that nice joke. They're like, oh, there you actually have two lawyers to speak to. Like, and he's like, oh, okay, whoops. Oh, darn. Yeah. And then here comes Wallace Shawn just like, all right, well, uh, gee golly. And then just like proceeds to slay him completely and he was like, you know, doing the classic, like, "Oh, uh, you wear contacts? Well, I'm gonna go all the way back here and tell me what you saw."
1: Yeah, and he, because he's like, "Oh, you're saying you just woke up? Well, you would have taken these out beforehand, so you wouldn't have them in, right?" And yeah, because they're like the
0: the thick kind. This, you know, yeah. And especially back then, you know, you definitely want these things out of your eyes. I'd imagine yeah. I don't wear contacts myself. So neither
1: do I. That's why I wonder. I mean, I, he couldn't he couldn't have just made up some story. I mean, I get, you know, it's perjury, but he's already perjuring himself anyway. So if he going to perjure, he might as well just go the distance, right? Yeah, exactly. But not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
0: like he's getting coached by uh, Sylvia, too. She's like mouth and everything. It's yeah, very obvious great. a little bit for yeah. you. Just like, OK, but. Everyone's so taken by this, and Denise Elizabeth McGovern, she notices too. Like, oh, what's up with you guys? Like, mm-hmm. I'll pay attention. So yeah, this thing totally tanks. Tintin gets off, and yeah, we're like, okay. Now he notices.
1: Cops- he, he notices uh, uh, Isabel too. Uh, he know he notices as well as Denise does that she's somehow involved. So he kind of sets a sight on her a little bit because that'll come into play. Oh yes, absolutely. Sylvia. Yeah. Now,
0: things are not looking good here. The whole case is dropped, and the cops are like, You know what? You look pretty good for this. So, yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> Denise is like, Goes to Steve Gutenberg. She's like, Yo, what's going on? Like, I, I know that you didn't see anything. Like, clearly it was your girlfriend. And because I saw her, we made eye contact. But, like, what's going on here? And she, he's like, Yeah, well, here's the deal. I can't tell the truth. I'm in a sticky situation. And then he finds out through a neighbor that the police have been questioning about him. Mm-hmm. Cause again, yeah, he looks good for this thing, but she's pretty nice about it. And she's even like, you know, like, Hey, like
1: you want to fuck sometime? <laughs> well, he went for a walk. So he went out and that looks suspicious. So after the event happened, he left and then a short while later came back. So they thought maybe he was the guy that ended up killing the girl later and assaulting her. Like it, it, it definitely made him look more suspicious
0: yes as things go on he's just looking more and more suspicious and his boss who you know of course is sylvia's husband is like yo the the cops have been talking to me too like what's going on buddy and it sounds like the the cops are tapping his line and everything so he's like all right i'm gonna go out to sylvia let's talk it's gonna suck that we're putting out the affair but the only thing we can do is just get this thing out there and she's like no <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen Oh, yeah. And I knew it was Tintin the whole time. But I was just like, I didn't want to get involved. You know, even though she started kicked off this whole thing. She really like, you know, was like feeling so guilty about it at first. And then all of a sudden she's like, you know what? Too difficult. So messed up. But at least Denise is around and she's like, look, I get it. I'll, I'll play ball with you. I know what's going on. Why don't we figure this thing out? Maybe we could trap this guy like we can
1: put together a plan, the two of us. And and we get the sense, I think, relatively early on that, that she does like him. And and at first he doesn't. He He's like, I think it's more, I don't know if it's more that he's just wrapped up in the whole, like, it's not necessarily that he loves Sylvia and, he, and he's even asked that at one point in the film. But I think he's so wrapped up in, in what's going on in his life that he doesn't even like, it doesn't register for him.
0: Well, things are good. He doesn't really yeah. need, you know, anything else. He's like, I'm doing fine at work. Me and the boss's wife have this arrangement, like nothing needs
1: to change at all. And, well, she and the, the whole, whole murder mystery, like, like, like that whole thing too. I'm talking about, like that that whole element. Obviously, is taking up a lot of his. Oh attention.
0: yeah, no. I mean, yeah. definitely, it's not like I'm trying to even like avenge her or anything like that. It really is just like I want to know what's going on. Right. This guy. I mean, he's like you know has morals and feelings, but yeah, it's definitely not about that. And and uh, Denise is even like later on like, oh, I knew it wasn't you because like you didn't want to like sleep with me. Like you weren't attracted to me at first. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so the cops have also found out that Gutenberg was tailing Chris Henderson that night, weird Tintin the night that he killed that one waitress or that one woman who was dancing. Mm. So they're like, well, yeah, we, that waitress who spilled drinks on you said you were there. This continues to not look good for you.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's like, well, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm not under arrest. So I'm going to get out there. He calls Sylvia. Who's just like, Yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Goodbye. And she goes and tells her husband as well. But she lies. She's like, oh, it was just one time. But this weirdo is obsessed with me and I need an alibi. So hook it up. (laughs) And so we're like, "Okay, not good. Let's go out to the ballet, a fancy ballet, the Baltimore Mm -hmm. ballet, as you do. And Gutenberg shows up. He's like, I got to talk to you, Sylvia. And they go off to the lobby. And this is where especially she's just like, yeah, I know it was Tintin. I want nothing to do with this. We're not fucking anymore. I'm a whole new person now. Goodbye. Yeah. And so she heads back in, and the, the usher is like, Yeah, hey, yeah, like, you know, you got to wait till the act is over. And she's like, Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm a classy. And then he's like, Oh, by the way, I'm a uh, creepy Tintin. Yeah. And then, we can fuck- see it. Yeah. I mean, we can see his silhouette. and it's pretty cool. Yeah, he has a very distinctive just aura about him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he like stabs her to death, and as the performance is is loud and it's very very spooky, and uh, Gutenberg notices Tintin's truck outside too. So he's like, "Oh boy, that's not good." So he heads back into the theater, and he goes to Sylvia, and uh, Tintin's there. He's like cool, buddy, here you go, and just, like, throws her body at him, (laughs) and he, like, catches it, covers blood all over him, yeah, it's like, oh, no, that's not good, yeah, so then he's, like, got to run off, he, like, races through, like, the curtain and everything, through Mm -hmm. the backstage, it's uh, quite an escape, I'm actually surprised he gets away, because, I mean, even the husband's like, he killed my wife, like, someone could have stopped him. Yeah. But, yeah, he's able to make it out, and he goes to Denise's place, he's able to hide out at her apartment, sleep on the couch, and his 80s underpants you know he's leaving all over it i mean you're gonna need a lid roller after gutenberg
1: i mean i mean he's not alone there for long let's just say that much
0: no and she's even like hey do you want to like fuck on my bed i have a bed and he's like no no like i like the couch like right here let's destroy this thing and she's like okay i guess
1: (laughs) i guess yeah (laughs) she really is just like oh all right like yeah it's a very very weird (laughs) Sequence. I don't
0: clearly. She don't wants know to go what to the bedroom. About yeah. It was it was real. You know, maybe these two just they thought they had a future together, and they actually don't. You learn in the moment. I think he was just
1: tired. <laughs> I think he just like I, I think he didn't want to get up. I yeah, think that was probably. I think he was just late, like just so exhausted by the events. He's so like, I, I want to get, get laid, but I I got no effort
0: whatsoever. You're you're getting on top for this one, sweetheart.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was that that's actually one of the strangest mo- scenes in the whole movie. So. <laughs> There's a few. There's but... a few, but that one's top <laughs> of the list for weird weird reasons. Yeah.
0: So they're like trying to figure out afterwards, like, hey, what why what's this guy's pattern? What what is he doing? Can we figure out something? And they're like talking all the stories, including Denises, and they're like, you know, she gave a bartender a birthday cake and everything. And between that and the dancing, they're like, Oh, maybe it's just people who like bringing attention to themselves, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe that's what it is. That's what's giving them a, a rock hard boner.
1: I mean, yeah, murder. it's attractive women that are kind of making people have attention on them, and for whatever reason, that just sets him off.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and so they're like, "We can do this. We can trap them. and we got a great makeup department to do that." So we got a wig. We, I mean,
1: they, you know, they do everything: <laughs> pink pantsuit dress. Yeah. It'll can we never... also real quick? Can we talk about the bar that she works at with that sure. gigantic, that gigantic Edgar Allan Poe? And there's this sequence where they both walk up to each other and they're talking to each other, and then you, it's the two of them, and then you see Edgar Allan Poe between them. I think the I think the bar's called Edgar's, and then they have all the uh, like the real neon. I think that's uh, a pretty
0: famous signage. bar. Is um, it? Yeah, because Baltimore, you know, they love their Edgar Allan Poe, so that's
1: true. And I've I, been I've been to Baltimore many times, but I can't recall if I've been to that. I don't, think, I don't know if they do shows there or anything
0: like that, but. I'm pretty sure I've heard of that before.
1: Hmm. I'll have to do some more research because it's coming up with a couple different things. That's how
0: popular it is over
1: there. I mean, there's a, there's a place called the horse. You came in on saloon. Um, <laughs> and it's getting all these hits regarding a grand Poe, but I'll, I'll have to do some more research about that. But I mean, quick shout out to them. I mean, some of the, some of the film was shot in North Carolina, okay. um, but there were some location shooting um, and I, and I appreciate the fact that it's in Baltimore because I feel like I can't think of another movie like this, especially from that era that was shot in Baltimore, like, yeah. and, and had that be the, at least the setting as well. It's just interesting. It's different. I, and I appreciate it for that.
0: Well, that was a cool thing about the era was people really were trying to do something different. So it was like, all right, here's a, a random town. And, and eventually you do make it to somewhere like Baltimore. And yeah, and, you know, I didn't know that about North Carolina because it, it, it is a very effective you feel the vibe of baltimore and
1: yeah a couple of the the big ones are actually not to not to burst your bubble but the the opera house is, is in is in north carolina okay and also i think the bar sequence that we're getting to now when they do the whole stakeout that whole layout is actually in north carolina and where he works he works as like a uh Kind of like a welder with ships at the shipyard. That's in North Carolina, too. Oh, uh, OK. So a lot a lot of that is there. But some of it is location shooting in Baltimore. But some of it, it's like half and half, it seems. Well, I just changed my score for this. Though. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got something against North Carolina? Uh, no. Yes, I don't
0: know. I need to look more into my feelings of North Carolina. It's, say, that, it's
1: fine. That, that's all it took?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're politically a bummer. Oh, if I remember man. correctly. Beach is there, right? That's true. They do have beaches. Yes. Do they share south of the border? Or is it technically South Carolina that gets south of the border?
1: Because it's That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe our listeners will have to weigh in. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure more
0: people have been to south of the border than to the Edgar Allen Poe bar. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll take calls from everyone who's willing to listen.
1: Yes. Because <laughs> this is a live recording. <laughs> Callers <laughs> calling in. No one calls in, but the option is there. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, no the red light's not blinking on the on the the dial uh that's on the right. phone. Yeah.
0: Well our boss said that we didn't have to turn on our red light.
1: Yeah, cuz in this scenario we we were actually in a room together that looks like that old stereotypical like radio station room we got the like the like the extending boom mics and <laughs> it's it's like a full radio setup one day. Yeah, or it's like a, a dark room or that too. Yeah, with the boom mic. Yes.
0: Coming out of the crazy chemicals. (laughs) Remember those smells? Yes. Who could forget? Who could forget? Photographers, I guess, because they do it on the regular. So they're trapping them and they're noticing, you know, Denise is playing pool and is definitely the center of attention. And Gutenberg kind of notices from outside that creepy Tintin is checking out her address. Mm hmm on her wallet, her open wallet that's left on the bar. And then he has a flashback to that other time when he saw that girl dancing that he had looked at her wallet and like, oh, he doesn't stalk him back. He just meets him at
1: home. Yeah, he finds out where they live. And then he like they talk about how he like sticks something in the lock to prevent them from getting into their apartments easily. So that buys him some time to to get them. And we can also talk about the... (laughs) The ridiculous exchange he, he has with the guy that, because he's trying to have a payphone open so he can call the, the detectives to let him know as they're trying to ensnare this guy.
0: Yeah, so he he runs in real quick to Denise and is like, yo, I just saw him check the address. I'm going to go up ahead. I'm going to call the cops real quick. I'll meet you there. We got this thing. So yeah, he goes to run to a phone booth and uh, hijinks ensue, definitely. It's the
1: guy that plays Mr. Shicka Dance in Ace Ventura.
0: I was wondering if that was your reference as someone who hasn't watched Breaking Bad or
1: uh, Better Call Saul. He's also in... Um... What, he's he a in lot a, of stuff yeah he's like one of those guys that just but i like, do
0: always think of him but where's the red ventura yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's like i hear animals in there <laughs> uh what's his name uh i'm gonna have to go to uh imdb for that one
0: well he's mark margolis credited as man in phone booth
1: yeah he's in um he's in scarface Oh, okay. Um, but there's there's something else that I know I'm from, and I and it's like escaping me, but it's like something. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a, sm- a very small part, uncredited, in *Dressed to Kill*.
0: Does he really? What I wonder what yeah. he's in that? If I remember, he,
1: he is patient at Bellevue Hospital. He's uncredited. Oh, okay. But what else was he was in? Something else. He's in *Delta Force* too. Is that what you were looking for? I, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't, but it was. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. He's got a lot of little roles like this yeah. pretty much
1: the whole time. I mean, if you haven't seen Delta Force 2, I mean.
0: <laughs> I have.
1: <laughs> it's something. Anyway. Yeah, so the, he gets in a in like a fight with this guy, and a cop sh- does show up. So so I think Gutenberg's thinking like, oh, cool. Like At least maybe the, I can get this guy's attention and get him to help. Well, that doesn't go so well.
0: No, he's like, I'm just going to bust you both. But thankfully, man. Beat him with a billy moves. club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, man in phone boot though, is just going nuts and uh, is able to cause distractions for Gutenberg to run off enough to steal the car and steal the police car. Yeah. Uh, and he heads over to Denise's, but Denise is already getting attacked from Tintin. She got there really fast.
1: It seems yeah. like it took him a lot longer and he had lights and sirens. So just want to point that out.
0: He really like he was still fucking around with the phone booth by the time she left. Right. He should have like intercepted him and be like, yo, I'm having some trouble. Like, hold up a second. Maybe let's confirm this phone call and then yeah. we'll get this thing done. But yeah, no. He uh he He's really... calling on the
1: radio, he's trying to get a hold of anybody, canon and and the opera the uh the operator is just like, Yeah, you gotta get off this line. Yeah, you gotta go off this line. And finally, yeah, she, like, she okay. was pretty
0: like whatever, like, yeah, get off this line and stop stealing the car or whatever. But he's like, yeah. All right, well. You want to tell people who stole the car? I'll be here. Come find me. She's like, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, meanwhile, we cut back to Tintin versus Denise, and he's taking off Robbie. her wig, and he now
1: notices, like, oh, I know you. One of the but... creepiest scenes is when she opens the door. I mean, there's that whole build up with her in the uh, elevator, and mm-hmm. then she's kind of coming out to the stairs, and then you just see the door open, and there's that really skinny window, and then you just see his creepy face behind her and you're like oh crap (laughs) like stuff's about to go down and then he yeah then he he attacks her again a struggle she's able to get a nice scratch on the face so
0: that'll definitely help for the identification and she's also shoots pepper spray to buy herself some time
1: but doesn't really hit at the first time yeah i mean it does it does eventually because because gutenberg flies in and tries to save the day he kind of botches it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's sort of the theme of the movie isn't it like trying to save the day botched the whole fucking thing yeah so tintin's able to run off he gets into his truck and terry comes after him and (laughs) what do we know
1: what happens we notice that the tables have turned Yes. and uh his uh the the uh starter has been jammed by stuff You get a little taste of his old men of his own medicine a paper clip we find
0: out yes later. yeah exactly
1: yes um not not toothpicks right uh, like, like like originally which is also not those a-
0: common toothpicks that they give out at any restaurant
1: yeah half over half the restaurants in the city so and then one of the other most ridiculous things in this movie is this of gutenberg now hanging on by a thread <laughs> as he as as creepy tintin's driving his his pickup truck out of the garage at full speed and he's got the door open he's like hang on to the door (laughs) and then the cop cars all block the the road and you see just like these two real like deer in headlights look as the actual headlights of the cop cars come up and they're like oh crap like we're about to die
0: yeah but they don't they crash into him it all it all works out a little bloody but that's about it and then uh they bust this guy and then they're like (laughs) I like when Carl Lumbly's like, you know, hey, you're going to jail for like 10 years at least. Perjury and, yeah, and all the stuff. that justice. Everything and... he should be going to jail for. And then he's just like, ah, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is right. a very
1: bizarre ending.
0: It, the ending it, it definitely takes away a little bit from the overall quality, but not in a way that, you know, doesn't make this not worth watching or, or worth recommending. Because yeah. it, it's just a, a nice little surprise for sure.
1: Yeah, and you get the happy ending with Elizabeth McGovern and Steve Gutenberg. They're together, presumably happily ever after together. Presumably. presumably.
0: And that's it, the end.
1: Yeah. So, thoughts?
0: Again, second time watching this. You know, liked knowing what to expect this time around. Although, you know, that first surprise is still the greatest. Sure. But yeah, no, it still holds up. Yeah, I like this movie quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's a it's a fun ride to watch this movie like it, this is this movie like even though i've seen it it sucks me every time like it it, it really draws you in at least it does for me like it just it's entertaining because you like want to watch this how this unfolds you know like i just like how it it kind of develops It's not a shame that, movie, but
0: well it's a shame that it's like not on tv more because it definitely would be yeah. something you'd flip to and leave on like as opposed to like you really got to make an effort to watch it right now but it's great. Oh, I mean, we, we, we didn't really go over this, but it was uh written for the screen and directed by Curtis Hansen, who you know is a pretty big director. I mean, he did yeah. LA Confidential, Eight
1: Mile. Eight Mile. Yeah. You know, like a lot a bunch of other ones too. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I mean there's too, like,
0: there's a ton of
1: noir but... thrillers. And exactly. Like, like he
0: knows what he's doing. I mean, he's he's one of the, the best, you neo. Know, I mean, LA Confidential, you could just coast off of that for life, basically. So to know that he did a little little secret something like this, a nice little gem is very interesting, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder. I, I I don't remember, but this this I felt like would have been one that like I would have loved back in like the early mid '90s as like an HBO find, like a late '90s. Right. You know, it, that because that's what it feels like. It feels yeah, like one exactly. of those kind of like hidden gems that like could get played on a random movie channel like that back in the day, and you'd be like, "Oh, what is this? Like I've never heard of this, but this is cool. Like it's sucking me in." And yeah. It's like that type of movie. So I I think that's probably why I wanted to bring it to the table because there there were there were other movies that I had that I, I thought about bringing to Neo-Noir November this, this year. but The I, toughest month of the year for us. It's very tough. You but get,
0: I, we do four movies. We each get two choices, and there's just so many. And you really do have to decide of what do you want people to see and also, like, what is such a essential that needs to be talked about? And I think, right. you know, you try to do a little of both.
1: Yeah, and I, I wanted to bring attention to that movie like this because I, I think it's it's a neat movie. I think people that like neo noir especially and, and noir as well. I mean, it has a lot of those elements. And if you like Hitchcock, you like it looks Alma. great. It looks yeah. great too. Yeah, it's great got a cinematography. Of, uh, a little bit of blowout elements towards the end to a degree. I mean, you got kind of this, the setup sting in a way, and then you got the woman kind of going in and, and trying to be the bait. Right,
0: it works you know, out a little better this time, but
1: it does. Yes. <laughs>
0: And just also, just, you know, movies led by people that you don't usually enjoy, you know, or like yes. at least on this level, like, you know, like I have an appreciation for both Travolta and Gutenberg, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you got you, these guys, but they're in two movies that are essential as hell to watch, you know, beyond even the chuckles that they've given
1: you in other performances. Exactly. But yeah, uh, but I appreciate it for that. I, I appreciate it. Like, I think John Travolta is probably a little bit more... Cooler. At least, at least back then, he was more like capable of doing a movie like Blowout or doing right. something that's a little bit more hefty, like or even Urban Cowboy, which is not the most heavy movie, but a little bit darker than say, like you know, I don't know, whatever. You what know, a like, movie where you just ain't alive. You, you, you and know?
0: your girlfriend just cheat on each other constantly.
1: Yeah, fucking movie, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, Urban, Urban Cowboy, Urban Cowboy sucks. sucks.
1: I, I good a- soundtrack
0: it does um, i like i like a little cheesy country soundtrack but man that thing is and I, you know i, I like deborah wagner like all the elements are there but man that movie is just
1: bizarre it is and i think that's why i like it because i was gonna say i i have like a love hate relationship with that movie like it's like I, I i get like a weird enjoyment out of it but it's all it's awful in the sense of like most people in are really awful uh yeah. to each other like the entire movie um yeah. Oh, yeah. But i think that's just part of it you know what i mean like certain movies like I appreciate have, that it exists a character yeah you know? like i
0: appreciate that something like that is out there you know showing off two monsters like that but yeah yeah i don't
1: know well actually uh, three technically three because what's right. his name what's that guy's name i can't think of his name he's brutal in it i almost typed in urban outfitters <laughs> <laughs> uh it is scott glenn okay yeah he's, the, he's the, the the dude the other like the dude that gets out of prison
0: yeah, he's a good nasty guy.
1: Yeah, he's real nasty in it. Now I kind of want to watch that. Um, <laughs> and yes, I do have that on Blu-ray.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Well, what what would you give this movie as a rating then, Dan?
1: Eleven out of ten. Like I said, eleven out of ten. All right, eleven right. out of ten, baby. Just.
0: I will give this one seven point two out of ten. Tintins.
1: I, th- I I I in all honesty, I would probably put it in the same. I, I like seven seven point two somewhere in that range. That was, yeah. that was probably where I had it. Yeah, it's incredibly I mean, solid yeah not not the greatest film i mean it's not it's not anything spectacular but it, it's it's engaging and I, I i don't know what it is like i love i think
0: it's pretty close to the greatest film it's just the ending kind of takes away from it and not in any way that like it's not mm-hmm. enjoyable but there's just such a level of quality and realism that is in the beginning and middle that is a bit That's lost true. towards the end but it doesn't ruin the movie it just takes it away from being like yeah capital g great you know but right yeah, it's uh, there's no regrets in watching it ever. I think no, you could do a hell of a lot worse.
1: Oh, yeah. I think the only other thing I wanted to mi- make mention of that I really like about this movie, and I, I think it's, it's again, it's it's a product of the era, but you even get it from the very beginning of the film that like really like sleazy neon sax drenched, <laughs> you know, you know, like that 80s like background music that they play and and, and you get a lot in the late 80s in particular. But it just really sets that vibe, I think, to me of of that. It just it it's very much of its time, but to me, in in the best way. Like I I love it for that, and you get that kind of like cheesiness kind of throughout the film at times, and I think it just kind of adds to like the aesthetic. I mean, at the time, it it felt probably more par for the course than anything, but I think now in the lens of of today, I I kind of appreciate it more for that. Sure, thank God for the lens of today, the
0: contact Um, lenses of today. Yes, that I've never worn. (laughs) You know who else has never worn contact lenses, Dan? Who? Michael Kane Are you sure about that? Not in 1971 when he made Get Carter.
1: Okay, probably probably right. I make
0: uh, no promises if that's true, but what a hell of a segue it was. Can we ask him? Yeah, he's available to us. <laughs> Why not?
1: One day, a professional killer went home to visit his family and found his brother murdered. Now, who killed him? I don't know nothing. Listen, the only reason I came back to this crap house was to find out who did it. And I'm not leaving till I do.
0: Michael Kane is Carter, a man with unbridled
1: hate. Do you want to be dead, Albert?
0: For Christ's sake. You knew what
1: I'd do, didn't you, Albert?
0: Listen, Christ, I didn't kill him. I it! When a professional killer hates, he turns animal. And there becomes but one law in the underworld jungle. Get Carter.
1: Get Carter. Before Carter gets you. Don't let us interrupt you. Now, don't you think you ought to get dressed first? Come on, Jack, put it away. You
0: know you won't use (laughs) it. The gun he (laughs) means. Out. Carter, the heated killer, the cool lover. Carter, a man of few words.
1: A man of decisive action. I've come for you, Margaret. Take your clothes off. Few words. Decisive action.
0: (laughs) Hate drives the hunter. Fear pursues the hunted. They have killed me! They killed my brother instead! Carter spreading terror with an uncontrolled trigger. Carter was a killer by profession. Now he is a killer by instinct. We're Michael Kane is Carter. Get Carter before Carter gets you.
1: How old is he now? He's 89. He's okay. he's up there. Wow. we'll get
0: we'll get into all that next week guys next monday
1: yes and what are we getting into get carter again okay we're gonna, we're gonna i missed him. it i was i was thinking of i was going i went down a, a, a whole rabbit hole of contact lenses and michael kane yes he's back Sorry. again
0: as you may remember he, last year he was in mona lisa so was he? he he was yeah he's the bad guy in that wow. um, dan, dan needs a mona lisa rewatch or a first watch yeah <laughs> <laughs> Where, i'll need to re-listen to that episode i I think i remember you being there with me but maybe that was a oh. solo episode
1: oh i was thinking of something else never mind my okay for, forgot you could delete that from i was episode. about to
0: say i have recorded proof of your live.
1: no i i was definitely there i i was for some reason i was thinking of some other movie that like he was in recently that oh, okay. like you mentioned like and i was like oh yeah i should watch it
0: yeah definitely check that one out
1: oh yeah <laughs> no I was there I watched <laughs> I watched the movie and I was present that time all right don't worry
0: I'm gonna listen go back and listen to that episode to make sure but it was not... gold
1: member that's what I was thinking boy it was
0: gold what's <laughs> everybody knows the the rule once gold member comes up it's time to wrap up the show that's true thanks for popping in everybody we'll see you both Thursday and Monday you're full of the lads this month just try and get rid of us and we're toasting to that and we're saying hey here's the crime. Here's the neo crime. Yes, I forgot where we were
1: for a second. A red ding. <laughs>